passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, summer is coming, the sun is shining, shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. You heard me right. Your friends at Manscaped, they're here to make sure that your beach balls are as smooth as the Floridian sand, my friends. In the summertime, you know, you want to kill some cold beers and some barbecues. Not kill the vibe with your pubes picking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0. That's to keep the party in your pants, my friend, looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Four million men have trusted manscape why shouldn't you it all starts and stops by going to manscaped.com and get 20 percent off and free shipping if you use my promo code bubba the manscape performance package 4.0 has everything that you need to prepare for that summer bod inside this package you're going to find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold it all my friends you want to take your grooming game even further take a look at the manscaped shears 2.0 in that package it has everything that you need to look pristine nail cutters tweezers grooming scissors go to manscaped.com and go crazy they got everything you potentially possibly could need get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bubba at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bubba at manscaped.com this is the summer to turn your package into the full package my friend and it all starts and stops at manscaped.com Listen, I have had my Manscaped stuff now for about a year. I don't know what I would do without it. As a matter of fact, I've now got all my co-hosts on the Manscaped deal. All the male co-hosts on my show have almost everything Manscaped offers. Why wouldn't you? Reduce the risk of ingrown hairs. You reduce the risk of grooming accidents. Again, all of this craziness starts and stops at Manscaped.com. Use promo code Bubba for 20% off. Celius to kick into my brain. Uh oh. 
Oh. Oh, there we I turned go. on your hey. mic in the other studio. Idiot! Yeah, I drank a Celius earlier. It took a little bit to kick in. Just just now it's starting to. Oh, I love it. Just amphetamine for your brain. The citrus one that I had saved for later is missing. It's no longer. No. It's where um, that, that fridge, if you put something in it, things go missing. Not my stuff usually, because no one likes uh, yogis with bananas. So that's nice. But yeah, Celius, you gotta you gotta hide it along the alcohol. Because yeah. people are likely to steal your caffeine before they're likely to steal your alcohol. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the program. 81390 Bubba, if you'd like to join in. It is it's always nice to do this show on a Friday because I know that when this is complete. It is time to party, and by party, I mean do fucking nothing. But this weekend, we actually do have a lot of things going on. Um, yeah. We are going to KushCon. We are. Which is exciting. I've only been to two things at the Tampa Bay Convention Center in terms of events. Oh, really? What did you go see? I'm just going to talk about the the one thing I went to, because I prefer not to recall the second thing I went to. But I went to the Tampa Bay Fit Expo, which we're actually also doing this year at the end of August. But the other thing I went to was a uh, was Comic Con. Oh, just once? No, twice. Oh, yeah. Um, don't want to talk about it. it How many times it, have I been there? Uh, zero. Oh, yeah. The first time was cool because it was the first time. But I really shouldn't have gone again because it was. Lame and the um the not excitement but the uh, curiosity of what it's like was over because I already yeah. knew what it was like so it was just it was kind of lame. But uh, tomorrow we are going to KushCon, which is all things cannabis, marijuana related within legal hemp, bounds. Hemp, hemp. hemp, excuse me, CBD. Delta, eights and tens, not the nines. Elevens, twelves, four and a half. Yes. And it's a it's a full on convention with lectures and um lots of meetings and Q and A's. And so listen, I go to these things for the freebies. I like going to th- to see things, to try new things. The people watching is always fun. I hope there's a lot of freebies there. Oh, they'll be freebies. There always are, because that's how they get people to talk to them. You can't, you can't give them away nothing. Even a pen is nice, like a good solid pen with a nice grip. How many, how many uh, uh, hemp leaf uh, memorabilia things are they giving? Do you think we'll walk away with mm. at the end, by the end of the day? We should have a lot. We should have a lot. I, but I'm, I'm mostly in the game, not so much for the uh, the edibles, but. I like. I assume that there'll be maybe some granola bars because I feel like it's mm. it's also wellness. Yes. And when you throw wellness in there, then you're going to get a lot of fun goodies. You get lotions, you get oils, you get chapstick. I'm a big fan of chapstick. Yeah, I know. I, I even like the usable trinkets like uh, spice grinders, mm. herb herb mm. grinders. I'm a big fan of those. Those can be useful. Yes. So we'll be there this weekend, and then Sunday. We are going to go visit my my father's first cousin. And I know that sounds lame because, uh, and, and I get it, like meeting your spouse's family, I feel like always kind of 
sucks, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I've just, maybe I have categorized that as it sucks because I was never, up until I met your mother, I had never been invited to meet my spouse's family, which was always a point Hmm. of um, Contention. contention, but also of... I do not like using the word trauma because it's way overused, mm-hmm. but it it always bothered me that I wasn't really allowed or invited to meet my spouse's family members, usually because of religious reasons, because I was an atheist heathen and they love God. And it seemed, seemed like they wanted to create a, a bit of distance so that there wouldn't be an issue. Okay. But I'm like, you know me, I'm not an asshole like i'm not going to right go and try to because that would just be a problem for myself of course but the fact of the matter is is that the family knew Mm -hmm. that i was an atheist heathen and i think that they would have started bringing things right to to, kind of to convert you to either convert me or to just bring out what i thought and then to say to you know my my spouse at the time is this what you want to be with? Someone who thinks that our religion is fucking dumb? And and then there would be an awkward situation. So it was just always avoided. So I think in my head, when I wanted to meet the family so badly, so badly, and I wasn't really allowed to or invited, and it was a point of contention, like my brain somehow flipped the script. And now I I never, like, wanted to meet anybody's family l- or even see my own. Like, I was just like, I'm over family. Fuck families. They create issues. Well, that's I was, true. I was talking to my mom a few days ago, and um, I, I know I mentioned a few months ago that there was a family reunion mm-hmm. in remembrance of my grandmother, my dear Bubby, who would have been 100 on April Fool's Day of this year. She was born April 1st, 1922. So she's dead. But in her memory, um, the rest of my family met up in San Diego, actually, where Bubby lived. And I got a few angles from this uh, horrific reunion. And it really was, it's, it's, it's such a blessing when you are invited to something and you kind of want to go and you feel like you're missing out and then everyone tells you that it was a horrible experience Mm -hmm. you're like fuck yeah that's exactly what you want to hear is like when someone there's a potential and that's happened to me a few times where you know i've had friends that have gone to a music festival, for example, and I couldn't go because A, either work or B, I didn't have the money or C, but you both. Wanted to go. But I wanted to go really bad and like almost tried to finance it like because I was so afraid of missing out that FOMO was real. Was real. And then you, they come back and they go, that was the fucking worst experience <laughs> of our lives. Yeah. And you just go, yes. Well, yeah, because yeah. there's nothing worse than like you missed out on something you wanted to go to and they were like, it was the best event ever. Like, if you missed it, you're never mm-hmm. going to have an event like that again. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, I've heard stories like that as well where I almost went to a Huluween, mm-hmm. didn't go. And actually, my friend Kelly, who you've met, yep. was like, dude, Grizz came to our camp and Ugh. did a set. Like, randomly. Like, he just showed up and just started fucking playing music. Aww. And I'm like, what? And I was like... <laughs> He's like, yeah, he was like hanging out with us and just decided to set up shop and did like and threw us a private party. And I went, oh, right. Of course he did. And then there were the other stories where it was like 
it was like 25 degrees outside and oh, everyone was freezing their dicks off but were like ill prepared for it oh, okay yeah well that, that's not or good. took all the wrong drugs and like had an, the worst ayahuasca experience like just mm. the throwing up and mm-hmm. none of the talking to god it stuff th- threw up icicles yeah, just the worst time ever. So that's always good to hear. Yeah, um, that that makes me feel good. But in regards to the the family reunion, I've heard from multiple angles that it was just a fucking um, it was a nightmare. And and the, when you t- when I heard from my sister that it was bad, then I'm like, I need to get everybody's angle on how bad it really was. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Um, some of these mem- family members, and I was talking to my mom about this. I realized I will. I will never see them again. The next time I'll see them is at their funeral because of the, the vaccine thing. Mostly I wasn't vaccinated. A few family members didn't want me there, which was perfect because I really couldn't go because of work. They didn't want you there and you weren't vaccinated. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That that's probably, yes. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are true. I didn't want to go. I, I mean, I did, but I didn't, I didn't want to take off work for it. Sure. But to be honest, I did want to go. Like, I, I've yeah. never met my cousin had a baby and he's almost two and I've never met the kid and I haven't seen my mom in a minute. And you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen my sister in five years. Jesus. Yeah. In August, which is this month, um, it will be five years. The last time I saw my sister. That's fu- that's that's like kind of disgusting. Yeah. You that's really bad. Treating with her. Um. Trick or treat? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm trying to think. When did I? Tr- yeah, I saw her twice in 17. Once for my birthday, which was also a nightmare, and then again for my cousin's wedding, which was fantastic. I actually had a really great time at that wedding. My sister went blonde, which was oh. odd. That was an odd. Um, she, my mother, uh, introduced herself to my sister, not realizing it was her own daughter. She, she like went blonde, blonde, not like highlights or anything. She like went. No, blonde. she. I mean, I wouldn't even call it blonde. She had like straw colored hair. Oh, like she looked like a, she was a she was a true yellow head. Hmm. Yes, um, she had she was a straw head. And it was strange because she had brown hair when I had last seen her. And then all of a sudden she had yellow hair. And it was just odd because, as you could see, uh, she has a, a very similar complexion to me. We have a lot of the same features, dark hair, dark eyes. Um, I have darker skin than her. But it's hard to tell because my sister can tan, but she lives in San Francisco, which is not really conducive to a lot of tanning. It's, it's conducive to a lot of theft. And shitting in the street and needles, but not so much tanning. So it's it, my sister is very pale. You know, she kind of looks like what I looked like when I was in Michigan. It's a disgusting color that we can turn. But anywho, um, yes, my sister came to visit me. It was it was going to be a surprise for my thirtieth birthday, and boy, was I glad it's not a surprise. Let's let's not. It's okay to throw a surprise party. It's not okay to throw a surprise visit. Hey, we're staying with you for three days. Though those two, we need to make sure that we're on the same page. If you're going to surprise me with a party, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I can we can all do a couple hours here and there. But you, can, she was going to show up and be like, "Hey, I'm staying for three days, and and here's your uh, best friend from home." What? Yes, they tried to secretly do this, and I think, I, I think my my sister told me maybe a week before it was like not enough time. Where I'm like, you can't surprise 
guest bomb people. That's not okay. I don't care if it's for my birthday. It's actually worse that it's for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. So she came for my, uh, it was like, it was probably three weeks after I turned 30. And, um, you know, I'll give her, I'll give her a little bit of a, um, a free pass. She was kind of going through some, some rough things with her and her boyfriend at the time. How long ago was this? Five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she was, one of the, the worst parts of the trip was she was very, very much unaware of, of Florida weather and heat and humidity, which I guess are all foreign to her because she mm. lives in San Francisco. And again, this was five years ago. She's, you know, she's done a little bit of growing up, I hope. Yeah, climate change. Right. It's different now. Yeah, and she came here and she was dressed like she was, like she's rolling around San Francisco you know, with the uh, heavier clothing, combat mm. boots, you know, she's, I don't know what my sister's style is, but it's like, again, all I know is like San Francisco, like mismatched hats and okay. tchotchkalas and maybe a scarf and, you know, combat boots. And what, with, party, what time of year was this? It was the end of May, so it was hot oh as fuck. Oh my God, okay. And so she comes out and she's dressed like the way she's dressed. And I go, I think this is not wise. Do you have flip flops? Do you have flip flops? Perhaps sandals of some sort? Maybe a flowy dress. And it was like, nope. She's like, this is just my style. I'm like, okay, we'll see. Um, And I remember I was on the in, in downtown St. Petersburg and I was walking with her and my good friend from San Diego. The three of us were together. And um, I think she threw what we would call just a tantrum. I, I, yeah. And I uh, I looked at my friend and I looked at her. Excuse me. And um, I mean, to the point where she was like stamping her feet because she was so miserable with the heat and everything. And I looked at my friend and I go, I, I don't know. I, I, this isn't, I don't know what to do. I'm mean, like, if it was a toddler, maybe at least I could, you know, grab it by its head or something. But it was my sister and she's, you know, five, six and it was 25, six at the time. So I didn't know what to do. Um, I never read that handbook for how to deal yeah. with a 26 year old tra- tantrum. So I just like walked away. I don't know. <laughs> like I was just like, I don't, I was like, get your shit together. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. So that that trip was a little bit um a little bit odd but I do need to see my family. I do need to see my sister. The reunion was terrible, which was so nice to hear that it was what nobody wanted. It kind of got blown out of proportion. Like it was supposed to be just, you know, my bubby had three kids, my mom, my aunt, my uncle, so, and then their their kids and yep. that was it. But then this person it was like, "Can I invite that person and this person and that person?" and and um my great uncle Bubby's youngest brother uh, had a mistress for like 40 years, Hmm. but like a mistress that everybody knew about because his wife wouldn't have sex with him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was like an allowable thing? Yes. It was an arrangement. Now, it did pique my interest that this woman's English isn't great. Uh, She's from the Philippines. And when I proceeded to ask questions about paperwork and potential trafficking, suddenly nobody wanted to talk to me anymore. Imagine that. (laughs) So I was asking about, you know, my great uncle and the arrangement he had with this woman who has been living in the shadows for 40 to 50 years. 
Apparently, she, I want to say she was probably 20 when she came to the States. I'm not sure if it was mm. for my great uncle or not. I'm not quite sure if she just happened to be living here as a healthcare worker. Hero. Or a nail tech, which is the... And these aren't even stereotypes. These are truths. Like, if the, all the Filipino women, especially in San Diego, all of them are like nurses or in healthcare for like the elderly. They're all caretakers. That's just what they do. Um, Vietnamese more so go into the nail tech business. They've completely dominated that. But anyway, so this woman was living in the shadows for 50 years with my family, essentially. And um, and even his wife knew about it. And then last year or the year before, well, last year, maybe it was the year before, who knows? His wife died. His wife of like 55, 60 years dies. That's the one where I, I grieved on the go mm-hmm. in my car. So she dies. And now this woman who's who has been you know, living in the shadows has come to the to the light and he brought her to the family reunion and that caused a lot of um a lot of commotion within the family. Uh because you have what, twenty one, twenty two Jews and one Filipino, which isn't a problem, but it was the fact that it just seemed I don't know if people thought it was, like, disrespectful because his wife died somewhat recently. But he's been fucking this woman for so many years, and I had so many questions. And I was a little upset with my mother because when I asked her all the questions that I had about the situation, she could only answer about 25 to 30 percent of them. Hmm. I'm like, why are you asking the good questions? His son was there. His daughter-in-law was there. There were people you could have asked and would have known the answers to the said questions. Yeah. But she just kept out of it, which is not the Jewish way. So I was a little upset with that. So I had to ask questions from afar. But apparently this uncle wanted to do a big, like, um, eulogy for my grandmother and her memory. And my mom wasn't having it because she's like, this is a celebration. I don't want everyone crying. Mm -hmm. So my mom was telling me what went down, and apparently uh, my great uncle, which is her uncle, um, when he said we're going to do like this big eulogy, she said, no, we're not, which is very <laughs> unlike my mother because she's very high in agreeableness. Okay, not she's not confrontational? Not usually. at all, and she, that's not her nature at all, and the <laughs> fact that she like stood up to him, I was, I was proud of her, but then he turned around to her and he said, I'll do what the fuck I want. Oh. And, um... You know, it's hard. It's hard because even though he's a man and I do respect biological differences, he's 90. Yeah. So there's also that to consider where my mother could have just pushed him and and he would have fallen. She's probably like a blue belt by now, too, right? Pretty much. A Jew belt. (laughs) So, (laughs) that was so lame. So the uh, eulogy kind of happened, but with like supervision. You know, and it's at, at the end of it, I don't even think my mom really cared. It was just more about like who's going to win the battle sort of a deal. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like there was somewhat of a compromise. Um, this uncle is is known for just doing whatever the fuck he wants and then kind of like pseudo apologizing after he does everything to kind of smooth things over. Um, he's very hard to deal with. And he was one of the, the people, and I heard this from multiple sources, that specifically requested I not attend once oh. he found out my vaccination status. Well, he's 90. You probably would kill him. Yeah, I'm like, but, you know, of course we go, I go, but it just, pre-, and then you just stop yourself and you go, you know what? 
I'm not going to go. I think this will help everybody. And you also have to think, like, you know how neurotic I am. That didn't happen by accident. That happens because of my lineage, whether it be nurture, nature, a little combination of both. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to think how neurotic I am and how obsessive compulsive I am. All of my family is like that on both sides. So, I mean, you you kind of pick and choose, but especially mom's side. Uh, Definitely a bunch of neurotic people. And what's odd is the, the men are a bit more neurotic than the women, which is scary. Because they also are not very agreeable and they, uh, you know, they're just a bit bossy about it. So it's scary. But anyways, very glad I didn't attend. 813-90-Bubba. I have heard that uh, some of those people have later said, you know, Anna, you were right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I talked to my mom a couple days ago. I think you heard her. She was a little bit on speakerphone for a second. That's not who I was referring to, but yes. Oh, yeah. My mom is totally fucking turned around 180 on the vaccination side. She just goes, I don't uh, give a fuck. Yeah, I did hear her say that. She said, quote, I don't give a fuck. She goes, to be honest with you, and this is fair, she goes, the real reason why I was freaked out, she's like, my doctor freaked me out. My mom just had open heart surgery. I I totally understand. So she was like, and if if your doctor who just saved your life, like, let's think about it. Your doctor who just fucking saved your life goes, hey, don't fucking do that. Otherwise, you might die. She's like, fuck, all right. I'll get mad. Whatever you want, doc. Just please. So, but my mom's like, I'm fucking good now. She goes, if you weren't vaccinated and we had the, the same situation happen now, she's like, I wouldn't have given a flying fuck, mm-hmm. which is nice to hear. She's like, it's, I'm over it. She's monkey pox. Who cares? But um, the you were right. What was the what was the you were right? A few weeks ago, one of your family members said that uh, you were right. You don't remember someone telling you that? Was it my sister? Yeah. About what? The whole COVID Oh, like the vaccination similar. Mask. Yeah, it's I think it's less of like you were right and more of like, I don't care. Right. But she yeah. actually said you were right. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, And thank God, because she is right <laughs> that I was right. And that's just oh, how yeah. that goes. Um, But we are seeing uh, my dad's first cousin on Saturday, which I'm excited about. And he is like my window into the future because he's someone who took his health and his diet and exercise seriously throughout his entire life. Yeah. And he's like 82 or three. Number one, he can still do pull-ups like a motherfucker. He still runs. That's cool. Runs for exercise. An 80-something-year-old is running for exercise. Yeah, that's cool. And number three, he just bagged a 47-year-old woman. And he's, I want to say, 82. Now, it's a little bit of a fucked up situation i'm kind of excited to hear about you know to be honest with you my dad's been feeding me information um about this but he was with a woman who was kind of going downhill and i think i think that that, you know they were living together they weren't married but they were together for like 15 years Mm -hmm. and uh this woman started going downhill and to the point where it was like you gotta shit or get off the pot he's Mm-hmm. She's trying to help her. She's not really accepting help. She's not really changing anything. She's not trying to get better. Kind of kept gaining weight. She had problems with her hip, you know, and it, both of the situations were making each situation worse. You know, she hurt the hip, so she gained the weight, and then she gained the weight, so that put more pressure on the hip. She refused to make a change. You know, then it's been like four, five, six, seven years of this shit. So um, I think that they they ended things, but we're still like living together, I think. And okay. he met this new woman. 
And I think she said, hey, if you want to be with me, you can't be with this other woman. Yeah, it's an odd look. Now, granted, this woman's 47 and his partner was like 78. So it's kind of odd to feel jealous of someone who's like pushing 80. But nevertheless. They're living together, though. It's, you know, true. You, you never know. Right. So he goes, all right. And then all of a sudden, uh, this woman, the 78-year-old, winds up in an assisted living facility. Mm. Put that bitch away, which, fair enough. And so I think now he's resumed his relationship with this other person. Well, good for him. mm -hmm. So we'll see him on Sunday. So that should be cool. Can't wait to meet him. Mm -hmm. He really is an inspiration to me. And and it, it, it is odd to like look at someone and he's very regimented with what he eats and how he exercises like to the point where it's a little a lot obsessive compulsive so it is just nice to see oh this is where the craziness came from you you see a lot of similar habits that have hmm. formed between the two of us We've, we very much vibe when we talked about like exercise nutrition and things like that but for him being like 82 and I actually respect him a lot for doing what he's done is you know, he could live out the rest of his life with this woman and just be unhappy and deal with it. And it's different when you're old, I imagine. And I mean really old because it's not like for us, it's like, all right, well, I guess I could I could allocate three to four years of like grinding or hustle or whatever. But maybe that's all he has left. You know what I mean? So you got to start thinking a lot differently the older that you get because he's only got like you know, maybe eight summers. So he probably didn't want to spend six of it, six of them being like horribly miserable with this woman. He kind of had to end it now so he can really try to enjoy, extract as much joy as he can from the rest of his life. I honestly think he'll probably make it to close to 100. Hmm. But again, you never know when you're that age what can go wrong. He could be running and get hit by a car. Exactly. That would be such a tragedy. But, um... I think you start to look at things a lot differently the older you get, not just because of the wisdom that you acquire, but also just the internal clock of how much time you have left. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect segue into um, me reconnecting with some old friends because I have lived, I feel like I've lived many lives. I know that sounds... You right? Did my... Oh. Sorry. You okay? Mm-hmm. It like glitched off for a second. It was just you. Yeah. It's just my brain that glitched mm-hmm. off. Um, I've lived many lives in the sense, and I don't mean that in like a, like a spiritual, like woo-woo kind of way. I mean, none of the, I've lived a lot of different places yeah. and none of those like, like social circles I had, there's no overlap between any of them. Right. So no one from my Michigan life knows anyone from my Florida life. Mm -hmm. And no one from San Diego knows anyone from Australia. You know, and so all these people that I had, it was like mostly like really intense relationships with friends mostly that I had over, you know, the course of one to five years. And then it just kind of, I don't want to say fell off, but. They do though. They do. And that's sad to me because like nothing went wrong. If that makes sense, I just moved. It's not like there was a falling out. It's mm-hmm. just, it's hard to stay in touch. The, you know, the older you get, the more wrapped up you get in your work, your life and everything like that. It's it's hard to keep in touch. And then it's these weird conversations where you haven't spoken in a year and you're trying to catch someone up in 15 minutes. It's like, how do you even fucking do that? So, um, but I've been thinking a lot about just 
you know, the course of my life and how fortunate I've really fucking been and just lived a true millennial life of like, I want to be an astronaut. Like, I feel like a radio personality is kind of in that same breath of like, I want to be on the radio and like make money. Like, who does that anymore? Um, And not have like a corporate cush job and kind of just do a passion project. Like, these are all like very millennialistic ideals. You, You don't really hear... Gen X saying that you really don't hear like the boomer saying like I have a I want a passion project like I was very privileged in in a lot of ways to kind of explore and go traveling and fuck off and go to school for a hundred years and come out with zero degrees like that's just that's the millennial way mm-hmm. waste money get experience die with tons of student debt that's just the way that we did it. So along the way of these like journeys and adventures I've had, and I still feel like I'm on an adventure. And that's one of the reasons why I never want to move back to San Diego, because then I feel the adventure's over. Right. That sounds weird, but San Diego's awesome, by the way. Like, I, you know, I, it's it's funny, like Bubba brags about like Warsaw and how great it was. Like San Diego is the best place on the fucking planet. And I almost like never talk about it. Um, but anyways, I, I've been wanting to reach out to a lot of people that like I had very close relationships with and just kind of fell off, you know? So I've been reaching out to my friend who lives in Australia. She's the one that came to visit me, met the German guy in New York and the scandalous thing. He was cheating on his girlfriend of like 10 years with my friend Mm -hmm. leaves the old girlfriend gets together with my friend they like elope to australia live there for a while then my friend moves to germany for five six years they get married in south africa i went to the wedding like it was just such a momentous and like really romantic kind of life she was living and i think to some degree i don't want to say jealous because that means like that that indicates like there's any like like hatred towards her and there wasn't but i was always like oh i would love that for myself to have this like you know crazy whirlwind of you meet somebody Mm -hmm. and across the country and you fucking make it work because love conquers all sort of thing um but i also now you know feel like the roles have reversed (laughs) in a lot of ways where um not that she was trapped by children, but she was the type of person where I thought she was going to be like a really successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. just because she's really very analytical, especially for a female. Okay. Um, it's actually kind of like it, yesterday's conversation that I had with her it would, and we're 14 hours apart in terms of time. So it was, you know, a little bit of a, a struggle to kind of lock in on a time, but um. It is weird when I'm asking her, like, what are you listening to? What do you, you know, do? And she's like, oh, I'm listening to Andrew Huberman. I, she's like, do you listen to Lex Friedman ever? I'm yeah. like, are we the same fucking person? This right. is crazy. Um, But this, like, really adventurous life that she has has now been, you know, reduced to living in the suburbs. And I feel like she's having a problem with that because she kind of just wants to get up and fly away. But now she's got two kids. Mm-hmm. And so... um. It was just an interesting conversation of, you know, getting older, getting less hot. That seemed, I think, I think she's maybe listening to a little too much Andrew Tate too, but it seemed like she had this issue with like getting older and identifying as not a young person anymore, which I kind of understand where like 
you don't have the same interests that you once did. You know, she's a mother now. She can't really do the same things that she used to do. And it was fucking with her because she, I guess, because it's, it's not like one day you wake up and you're, you're old. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a progression where mm-hmm. it's like, wait a second, 21, like I can barely remember that time anymore. So we were kind of talking about that. And, um, she was asking me like, is it, she's like, yeah. And she's very blunt. So she's like, does it bother you that like, you're just not as hot as you used to be or, you know, <laughs> stuff like, but it's just, but I know what she means, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I go, um, you know, I mean, it can, but it doesn't because I can't do anything about it. I'm like, there's things you can do. Like her, her dad's a doctor. So she has access to Botox and shit. Mm. She's got like her own Dr. Dan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, you can, you, she's in great shape. You can eat well. You can do all these things to like maintain your looks. But she is very, you know, cause she's listening to the Hubbermans and she's listening to probably a lot of like, um, I'm trying to think, talks a lot about this. I don't know, David Buss, like people who are really involved in like evolutionary psychology of like sexual mating and stuff like that. And it was starting to fuck with her that she's just like not where she used to be on the sexual market. Mm-hmm. And she was asking me if it, if it was fucking with me. And I go, well, no, because I just, it is, number one, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. So there's some, like, it, that makes me feel good. It's not just me. And number two, like, I, I literally can't do anything about it. I can't reverse the mm-hmm. age that I am. Right. So. Yeah, Peter Pan. Right. So you just got to kind of embrace it. And that doesn't mean that you're like, you deny reality. You can't say, well, I'm not the type of person to be like, no, I'm, I'm hotter than I ever used to be. It's like, no. And she almost apologized to me at first. She was like, I'm so sorry for being so shallow. And then, of course, I was like, reminded her who she was talking to and said, well, the people that are making you feel bad for what you just said are the people who've been ugly their whole lives. Right. They've never tasted the sweet bliss of being a young hot chick and being invited on a yacht by a, a, a rich guy or whoever. No, I'm sad. Yes, it's like they've never tasted that sweet juice of just getting free bottle service and drinks and shots and being showered with. It, yeah, that that is that. It's hard when you've never had something. You don't miss it, but once you've had something and then you no longer have it, mm-hmm. then you miss it. But. It was weird because she's got a, a husband that loves her and they have and he's very good looking and she has two kids. And so it was just this weird thing of like, I'm just not where I was on the sexual market. And I'm like, I almost asked. I'm like, why does it matter? Like yeah, You got like, it all who, sorted who out. Cares? But that's when I realized it was like an identity thing. Like in her mind, she was always like this attractive young girl okay. and she's just not anymore. And it's not because she's ugly. It's just she's 36. Gross. I know. Oh, so old. God. But it was just interesting for her to I- express that in a, in ways that, like, most women don't, you know, because I feel like other people would, like, some other friends I have would just be like, no, you kill it, girl. And, and I'd be like, no, you're, we're not. But what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Cry about it? I'm like, listen, we're looking better than most bitches that are 25. I mean, people like to say young, hot, this and that, but most people aren't hot even when they're young. They're gross, you know? So I see people that are super young and 20, 21. I'm like, you look terrible. You're only going to look worse when you get older. Right. So we're killing it. 813-90-BUBBA. So um, it's, it's, are there any friends that you've, and I feel like I've asked you this, like friends you've had in your past that you'd want to reconnect with or or you're the type of person of like, I dropped them for a reason. You no, know, there's a bunch of friends that like, that uh, we didn't, like, we didn't, uh, 
nothing happened. Like I didn't drop them. They didn't drop me. Like we you just kind of grew apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some of that. You know, like you know, we worked together and we're good friends. And then like we, you know, one of us left or whatever. And you know, you talk to the person once every week, and then once every month, and then you just stop talking. Yeah. There's a few of those, but, mm. but, and that, I mean, I, I also like if, if something happens where I have to drop somebody, it's like, whatever, I don't care. Have you ever reached out to somebody kind of out of the blue just to see how they were doing? And it wouldn't be odd, but it would be unusual. Um, I do that every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the, here's the, because weird... you would probably really like it if someone did that to you, right? Like, so when you were friends Depending with, on who it is, but yeah. yeah. I mean, someone that you didn't end bat- poorly sure, with. Sure. Yeah. I would like that. And, you know, I try to make it a point, too, because there's a few people that, you know, that not they can do something for me, but like, you know, as a connection as well as a friend. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember to reach out to them every now and then just generically so that if I ever do some do need something, I can reach out. And if that's not the first time I've talked to them in five years, like that's asking, very important yeah, asking for something. And, you know, the best time to do that is and why I'm so glad I'm good with dates is birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason to, and it's not you're not asking for anything. No, well, here's the thing: like, like there's a radio person, I'm not going to mention their name, but you know, uh, maybe they had a birthday recently, and this person has done a lot for me in the past, mm-hmm. and potentially could do something for me in the future. Has always been very supportive, um, and you know, I I don't reach out to this person enough, and it was their birthday, so it was a perfect opportunity to just wish them happy birthday. And remind them that I am very grateful for having them in my life. Like, thank yeah. you so much for always doing X. Like, it's a great opportunity not just to wish someone a happy birthday, but if they really are someone who has been there for you for whatever reason or did a favor for you, one favor. Remind that so that they remember. What is that Maya Angelou fucking quote about, like, people don't remember what you said to them, but they remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Like if their first association with you is like, oh, that's she's great or she was really appreciative or grateful. Like you want to fucking keep those connect. That doesn't mean you have to like hit them up every week or anything. But when you do make sure that you remind them like, hey, I haven't forgotten that you were fucking awesome when I needed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good, good opportunity. Sorry, there was someone that called, but I I fucked it up. Um, Let's take a quick break for editing purposes and we'll be back in about a minute or two. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive it's all just radio waves how much can a radio wave really cost Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? 
Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only $15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba That's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back. Sorry for the dead air. I had to make urine and the song ended. It was skipping. I think it like skipped out of track or something. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But yesterday during the uh, conversation with my friend who is currently living in Australia and looking to go back to uh, Germany after being in Germany for five or six years and saying she couldn't wait to go back to Australia, goes back to Australia and uh, wants to go back to Germany. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Now, where is she from? Oh, God, like originally South Africa, but she moved to New Zealand when she was like seven, stayed there for four years, and then moved to Australia when she was 11. So she considers herself to be Aussie. Okay, so that's why she wanted to move there. Uh, Yes, her family's there. She grew up there. Her whole like community was there. But not a fan now. Not a fan. And it's one of those things where she kind of briefly touched on it because it sounded, she told me she didn't want to talk about, you know, her situation with the family. But she, when she told me that she wasn't happy, I go, well, didn't you, weren't you missing your family? And she just said, I was missing who I thought they were sort of a thing. You know, she had this like fantasy of going back and the parents wanted to be really involved in her kid's life and they just don't, (laughs) they just don't really, um, sounds like her mom is just over being a caretaker. Like she was a housemaker for you know, 40 years, took care of all the kids. The kids are out of the house. They're all grown. And so the last thing she wants is a bunch of little kids in the house. Mm-hmm. So um, my friend is just, uh, she understands. Like, she's like, listen, I get it. The bitch was, you know, a stay-at-home mom, dealt with all that shit for a long time. She's over it. She's retired. She wants to just enjoy herself. So she gets it. But also she just thought that they would want to see and be a little bit more involved than they 
than they are. And, um, you know, we're very similar in a lot of ways. She's an atheist like me. And she doesn't want to raise her kids to be Jewish or anything. I think she'll let them know, like, where they came from mm-hmm. and that they are they have Jewish lineage. But And by definition, they are Jewish because she's yeah, Jewish. Yeah, yeah. But they um they will not be raised Jewish. And it was really funny because she had a son a few years ago and we had talked about circumcision, you know, a decade ago and we were both on the you know, on the same page with it. And um she ended up circumcising her son. Good. And there's no there's no judgment there or anything, but it was just a little odd because I was like, I thought we thought this. Um but when push came to shove and she was, again, she's very blunt and open with me, but she was like, I don't want my son to have an ugly dick. <laughs> she's not wrong. I go, all right. Well, that is, a, that's a valid point. So not, not to get too far off track. I was watching a video the other day about this guy. He does woodworking stuff. And I guess he made a joke about prior in a prior video of cutting off the tip and like kind of made a circumcision joke. And then the next video, he's like, uh, I didn't realize you anti-circumcision people were so crazy. He's like, yeah. they went nuts. So he like, he, and I was like, oh, there's Anna. Yeah. Well, I am, but I'm not. No, like, no you're not, but I mean. <laughs> I'm like how I am with every issue. Like, I'll be adamant about it in debate. Yeah. But like, you're not going to see me at a fucking protest. That's how I am. I, I'll, I'll go to a protest, but like for the fun. Like, not. Oh, for to the, get content for the show. But I mean, I mean I'll mean, i just go for the fun. I don't <laughs> Yeah, care. yeah. But I mean, I'm not there. I'm not getting serious about it. You won't see me with a picket sign for anything, yeah. even if it's like free speech like i just feel like eh, no i couldn't yeah, be bothered see, yeah, if it was something i really cared about and it was like an issue that like I you would get like, out there yeah i would well good for you yeah i would do that yeah i think i'm i think i'm just too too lazy but she had a lot of questions about you <coughs> my friend um because we don't really talk too often so she was like well tell me about him like what's you know what's so great about him and i'm not gonna repeat what i said because your head's big enough Right. But she basically asked me, like, what is different about this relationship compared to everything I've had in the past? And I said that we communicate very well. Mm -hmm. And also you are very understanding with, like, my OCD and and neuroticism in general. Like, you you get it. You're cool with it. If there's an issue, this is big for me and has been a problem in the past. Like, if I bring something up, you never accuse me of, like, ruining the day. No. There's never, like, we were having such a great time. You have to bring this up. And, you know, because in every, like, self-development relationship thing that I've ever seen online, it's, like, if there's an issue, like, either A, address it right away, or if it's, like, a mounting issue— do it when you're not like about to go to bed or you're drunk. Like do it mm-hmm. when you're both like sober of clear mind. It's during the day. You can kind of talk it out. It's not right before bed, all that jazz. So when I do bring things up or I had in the past, according to all of the experts, it would always blow up in my fucking face. It's like, oh, why'd you have to bring that up? Oh, we were just enjoying the day. You're never happy. But, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I thought all that was implied. I have to actually say it. <laughs> yeah. No, but with you, like, if something's an issue, we talk about it. Maybe I'll get upset for like 10 minutes. We work through it and it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then and then I don't feel like I ruined the day. I'm able to move on. You're cool. You act normal afterwards. And, it's, and we're good. And then I feel better about it because I was able to express yeah. whatever I was feeling. 
and we're good. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. So I said that is like, su- I mean, it seems like a small thing, but it's like such a big thing. Oh, I know. Of being able to like, not fight well, but deal with yeah. conflict well. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. And then, of course, like I wanted to ask about her relationship because I know I've talked about this before, but she's the one that has the open relationship. Oh, that's right. Did that continue when they moved? So the same rules apply. It just seems like there is less opportunity because the ages of the children, they're both working. Now, less opportunity for both of them or yes. for her? Yes, both of them. Okay. They're both Far working a lot. Enough, but... Right. But and again, like I'm not gonna make those comments of while course. I'm talking to her. Of course. Well, as far as you know, who knows what he... yeah. it's like she knows him better than anybody. She feels very comfortable um, you know, discussing things with it. They seem to have a very open line of communication. I uh, the more she tells me about the open relationship, it's like an open sexual relationship. So it's not like he can go have other girlfriends. It's like Every once in a while, if he's going to, like, a bachelor party, she just kind of says, go have fun, do whatever Mm. you do. And it seems like he, when they, when they get back together, when they reconvene, Mm -hmm. if she's had a sexual experience, he wants to hear the details. Like, I don't know if that, that's like a thing for him. Okay. I mean, I, I, I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. You under you understand yeah. doesn't mean that you feel the same way. No, but okay. Okay, but he likes to hear the details of it, and mm. she doesn't. She doesn't want to hear. Like she'll maybe have a few questions, but beyond that, she doesn't want to. Like she doesn't ask. She doesn't want to know. Yeah, sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now does she mind telling the details of what she did? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. It's like if he wants to hear it. Okay, and he's somewhat like. I don't know if he's like aroused by it or he thinks it's like interesting or hmm. it's like he's imagining his wife in all these like novel situations. Okay. Again, I don't I don't know if it's just kind of something that they've you know, because obviously it's a uh it's a give and take with I get to go and have fun crazy sexual experiences. Yep. But the flip side of that is I have to deal with the fact that you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that can be emotionally distressing, but you also get this, you know, emotional rush when you're with someone yeah, new, whatever. Sure. Um, so she was, again, we've had the conversation a few times on the phone because it was pretty recently, maybe within the a year that I found out that they had an open relationship because mm-hmm. I didn't, I did not know that. And I know because the origins of the relationship was, were built on uh, infidelity. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is it a thing where you just know he's going to cheat, so you're just kind of green lighting right. it? And that's kind of what I thought. That's what I initially thought. I was like, did you just assume he's going to, so you're like, fuck it. If you, I know he's going to because yeah, that's his nature. Let's just be open about it, which cool. And mm-hmm. then also I get to do the same thing. So, you know, and I asked her all these questions. She said that I asked her if she's had any experiences since she's been back, and she said, no, she hasn't. That's just because of time, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, how, how long has she been back? About a year. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, the kids are young and she's running around. She's working full time. She wakes up crazy early to work out, do, does all the things. Sure. So it's just been, you know, rough. And especially when you move somewhere new, even though it's her home, it's like she hasn't been back in so long. It's basically new. 
you have to build up a uh, new community of people. Yeah. And she also said that she doesn't want to go on Tinder or anything like that because, God forbid, you know, a friend or family member sees and then they're outed by the community. Okay. And the way that the Jewish community works there is like, it's real tight-knit. Um, really tight-knit. Everybody talks and everybody knows each other. But again, it's like you have this amazing support system. I think I've talked about this before, but like when I was living in Australia, there was like some Jewish kid who like did a documentary and I remember hearing that he, like, rented out a, a movie theater, like, the entire theater. Hmm. And I was like, for, like, 10 people? The place was packed. Like, it was every Jew from the eastern suburbs of Sydney was fucking there in that theater supporting that kid. That's funny. Like, it was awesome. And that's when I realized, like, oh, shit. Okay, these people show up for each other. This is nice. This is awesome. You know, and it was all, it didn't hurt that, you know, the people you're connected with are the richest and most influential people in the uh pretty much in the country i would say it's like the uh them and the chinese business tycoons Mm -hmm. but i think they were friends with um you know like westfield mall yeah i believe it was started by two australian jewish brothers and they lived in sydney Hmm. and so they had all the monies and like the grandchildren were part of the group all the malls right here all well not all but a lot yeah i could be wrong but i think the origin of that is two jewish brothers from sydney so Whatever. Lots of money, uh, lots of support. But then again, it's also very incestuous. You know, so when I moved there and I was like, I was like fucking fresh. I mean, everybody was trying to talk to me. I'm like, yo, what's up? But they were trying to talk to me mostly because I was untouched by anybody else. It's sure. like, you know, I mean, you had situations where it was like, oh, that person dated my cousin, my sister, my second cousin. Like, the, you know, everyone is just fucking and dating each other all the while trying not to get Tay-Sachs. So it's a little bit challenging in that regard. Westfield Mall was started in Blacktown, just outside of Sydney. Okay. By John Saunders and Frank Lowey. Okay, maybe not brothers. Well, maybe they were. I don't know. Hmm. It's all right. Yeah. So You're right, though. Okay. Yeah. So the hearsay was right, because I don't know if I ever even looked that up, but that's what I was told when I was there. But... Um, I'm really glad that I have uh, reconnected with certain people. I guess a lot of the Lowy family lives there. Was involved in Westfield. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a crazy operation. The best food court I've ever seen in my life. The the Lowy family is uh, what they consider Australian Israeli. Mm, Okay, so So, from Israel. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of South Africans there as well. They all left and went either to, uh, these are where the South African Jews, when they left, this is where they went three places. They went to uh, Australia, either Sydney or Melbourne. Melbourne, excuse me. Uh, They went to San Diego or they went to Toronto. That's it. That is where all of my family is. That's where, and if they are Jewish and from South Africa and they left because shit was getting bad, they went to three places and that's where they went. So Frank, I guess Frank is like the main guy. He, uh. Oh, he's 91 and still alive. Damn. He is Australian-Israeli businessman of Jewish-Slovakian-Hungarian origins. We get it. He's <laughs> it couldn't be more Jewish. That's, we get it, that's what it's, buddy. That's what his bio is. Yeah, you are a super Jew, so, yeah, as they sorry. say. But so that is going on with that. Um, you said that you haven't reached out to anybody. Do you? Is there anyone that you can even kind of think of oh, that you would want to? Oh, I mean, like every now and then, there's people that like that are that are friends that I haven't talked to in a while that I reach out to. I, I just nothing. Nobody that I haven't talked to in a long time. Mm. But there's there's people that I talk to like you know every every few months. And I just keep in contact. 
Did you ever have like a falling out with somebody and then like years later you just reach out and you go like, I don't know what happened, but like, yeah, I'm Bubba. sorry. Oh, Bubba. <laughs> All right. That's good. For real? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Uh, I had a situation with like, like that with a girl in, in Michigan where we were best friends. I mean, and you have to understand, I moved there knowing nobody. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a girl I knew. It was like we connected and then she was like my only best like good for i would see her every day at school we'd hang out on the weekends like it was Mm -hmm. very intense and then one day we got into a tiff and she like didn't call me back and we just never fucking spoke again and then i moved yeah so there's there was a uh a friend that i grew up with like child like early childhood and we there was a few times where like we didn't talk for a few years just and never for any reason other than like you know, he moved or I moved mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, and then we, we reconnected again. Oh, shit. It's been like 10 years now, I guess. Um, and, like, we're real close. We did a lot of stuff together. And um, and then after a couple of years, we kind of, like, fell apart. But I'm like, a, a lot of those times where it just felt like it was not necessarily like a one-way friendship, but it was always like, you know, he was always asking me for things or I was mm. always like, hey, let's go somewhere. But it was always stuff that I had or that I provided. Right. And, like after a while, it's like. Yeah. Dude, draining. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. And it wasn't because like, you know, he wasn't underprivileged or didn't have the money. He wasn't like rich or anything. But I mean, like, you know, he could have offered and he didn't. And it's like, I, I, can't, I can't. Yeah. Like, one like, way relationship is no fun. Yeah. Succubus. Um, I was listening to Tony Robbins probably about three or four years ago. And he said something along the lines of that. Like if you had a falling out with somebody, reach out to them. Do and most of the time I don't fall for that crap when I'm listening to like someone kind of preaching me some bullshit. But I was moved in that moment. Cause I, I like immediately thought of this girl who mm-hmm. like the, the, the ending of the relationship was so fucking stupid. Like it didn't, yeah. Like, if it was some big fight over a boy or something, fine. But it wasn't. It was just the fact that I had a problem. I got fired for stealing lettuce. And I called her thinking she was going to drop everything to talk to me. And she was, like, doing a bunch of dishes and, like, clanking everything together. I'm like, fucking call me back. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, crying to you. And you're, yeah. like, just occupied. So um, I, she, I said, call me back. And I was kind of, like, annoyed by it. And she... I don't think she got back to me for like three or four days. And I'm like, dude, I was I wanted you to call me back 10 minutes later. You didn't call me back for like three days. And she's like, you know, well, fuck you sort of thing. And I was just like, all right, fuck this. And we never spoke again. Hmm. So I'm listening to Tony Robbins on my way to goddamn Zephyr Hills to do horn blasters. I had a lot of time to think those days because it was like an hour there and an hour back. So I'm listening to Tony Robbins and he's like, oh, if you had a, a fucking, oh, he's Bubba now. If you had fallen off somebody, fucking reach out to them. Okay, that sounds just like. Tony Robbins. Yeah. So, dude, I did. I'm yeah, like, okay. you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to just, uh, he's like, I promise you they're going to be so happy to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. So go, all right, let me reach out to this bitch. And I fucking did. And I got a response back in like five minutes. You know, hmm. she was like, oh, it's so good to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know what happened. She's like, I don't know what happened. And it was just kind of nice to reconcile. Um, but it is sad because we never, we never catch up or anything. It was just kind of like burying the hatchet sort of deal. But now she's, you know, she's living the, the typical Michigan life, just living in Michigan. She's got two kids. Hmm. I hope her and her husband aren't related. They're both redheads and they have these redheaded children Uh-oh. and it's just, it's just a bag of recessive traits over there. But, um, yeah, I like, I've been thinking a lot, like I said, about my past lives 
and um, I, so grateful for everything I've been able to experience, but also just like I, it just seems like light years away of these these lives I've had that just have not followed me, and it's just you know it was like full stop Michigan, and I just don't talk to anybody from my time in Michigan or Australia. Thankfully, I'm able to connect more with with some people more than others. Like there was a, a friend of mine that you met when we were in Denver, mm-hmm. and those sorts of like relationships are very special to me because it's very it reminds me of like my youth and and the crazy times I had and traveling and you know all that sort of stuff so to see those people brings back like so many good memories so I feel like that's why I'm like reaching out to people from my past trying to reconnect because they were really good relationships but they do require some watering and some nurturing now are there are there any people that are in your past that you haven't talked to in a long time that you want to um everyone that i've wanted to i've kind of tried to connect with okay and i think it would also just be fun to maybe visit them because none of them are live in this country Hmm. so it's not like i'm trying to you know reconnect so i can go to you know paris or something but fuck that would be a really cool adventure to go to France or yeah. go to the UK and see something new and reconnect with someone that I used to know pretty closely. So um, I've been trying to talk to, I had a friend in, in the UK named Caroline. And I don't know, I think I've maybe mentioned this, but we had a really scary incident in Thailand where she experienced like paralysis from like the, she couldn't move her arms. Okay. I don't know, she had some fucking virus deal. And um, we were literally in Thailand in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like we're talking about the way we used to travel there was like, all right, we're going to go from uh, Bangkok to uh, Chiang Mai. We just need to get on a bus that's 24 hour. It's like 24 hour ride, 17 hour ride. So that's how you travel. You get on like a fucking bus and then you're on that bus for, I mean, one time it was like 36 hours. It was just fucking crazy. So... We get on this bus, and I remember it's just, we're going through the night, and she just, like, says to me, she's like, my fingertips are, like, tingling. Hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you had a This is 22-year-old Anna. Maybe you had too much salt. You know, I'm just, anything to just make her feel better about. And also, you want to just, there's nothing we can do. We're not by a hospital. We're in fucking rural Thailand on a fucking bus to nowhere. What the fuck is anybody going to do? And plus, you have the language barrier. So the last thing that this bitch needs to be doing is starting to freak the fuck out, you know. So I'm like, it's we're fine. You're fine. And then she goes, oh, she's like, it's she's like, now it's my whole thing, like all my fingers. I'm like, you can't feel your fingers. And she's like, no. And then as the night progressed, I mean, it fucking spread. It was fucking like wildfire. She then she was like, I can't feel anything like elbow down. Jesus. And then it was like up to her shoulders. And I mean, to the point where I remember we had to get off the bus to like get something to eat. And she just starts crying. She She's getting up and she cannot move her arms. Like and I'm like holding her and we're like getting off the bus. And I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't know. I'm like, just try to keep it together. And, like, I felt so bad for this girl. And she ended up, like, getting her period. She couldn't fuck. Mm. Like, I was having to help her do all this shit. And she was so embarrassed. I was like, dude, you got to fucking, God only, you have a parasite. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. So we finally um, ended up getting on this island. And we had to have, take get the ambulance. <laughs> okay. The ambulance was a tuk-tuk. Pick, oh, so yeah, pickup truck. <laughs> I wish. It was a golf cart. 
and they put it on the golf cart, and then we had to take a ferry to like the main the mainland. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gurney was like a fucking paddleboard, like a shitty yeah, styrofoam. that's one. where you want to be when you're losing feeling in your body. Yes, and they fucking strapped her to this paddleboard, and we're on this ferry, and it's like, you know, the waves are crashing. And this bitch is just like... Oh, my God. And I'm like, dude, are you... And, and she's just like, can you just hold the paddleboard still? <laughs> because she's like strapped to this thing. We go to this hospital, and um, I'm like... It was just the worst. And not that technology was so bad in 2010 mm-hmm. or anything, but, like, I didn't even have a phone on me at all. I was like, fuck. I was like, I don't want to need a I kind of yeah. went, like, all natural. I'm like, fuck it. I don't need a phone. Mm-hmm. And if I need to talk to somebody, like, my parents, we'd go to an internet cafe. I'd go on uh, Skype and talk yeah. to my parents. And then the people that I was around, we did this crazy thing where we would just communicate. What? We'd go, uh, all right, do your thing. Be back here at 4 p.m. Okay, great. We'd do our own thing. We'd be back at the spot, guest house, whatever, 4 p.m. if we were going to make plans. Or I was just with them the whole time, so mm-hmm. there was no need to text because we were just there, living in the same room in the same hostel, going out to eat, walking around, doing the things, you know, so there was no need. So I just said, ah, oh, fuck it. I don't need a phone. Best decision I could have made. But when it came to trying to communicate with her family, I'm like emailing her dad in London like, hey, you don't know me. I'm your daughter's friend. <laughs> Uh, she can't move her arm, so I don't know. It's like, nice. It was just terrible. So they had to take, it was so fucking scary. We're in Thailand. These people barely fucking speak English. They're taking like spinal fluid samples and shit. Mm. Like it was crazy. And I remember, and she was such a bad bitch. She, she was a smoker. Okay. And she needed okay. a cigarette break. So she's like, Ana, you got to get me a pack of six. I'm like, all right. So we get her a pack of cigs and she's like getting a little bit better. She can't, she doesn't really have a lot of mobility, like no motor skills, but she can still, she can kind of move her arms at this point. We're probably like five or six days into this deal. Right. And I was spending the night at the hospital. Like I, I didn't know what to do. So um, I get her a pack of ciggies and um, I take her downstairs and she fucking, I took this bitch outside with the IV and I have a picture somewhere of her fucking smoking a cigarette. With an IV outside oh, nice. of a hospital. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I'm like, you are a fucking champion. Yeah, I knew some of these. <laughs> and it was a horrible look, but at the I was like 22. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. So um, finally her sister came from the UK and was with her there, and they went back home together. And I was able to carry on with my with my debauchery with some other friends. So And I never saw her again. So I like wanted to... Now, this bitch has now turned everything around. She went from being kind of out of shape, kind of like very British, like pale, like not really okay. doing anything super active, to um, she rode from, uh, I want to say, uh, I don't know, maybe the UK or so. She rode across the Atlantic in a rowboat. Oh, that's nice. With like two other girls. And they did this in like, I don't, it was like 35 days yeah, of like yeah. not, it was like one of those deals. Mm-hmm. And I think she ended up in, like, Aruba or something. Like, it was fucking crazy. And I'm, like, watching this, like, bitch, you used to smoke cigarettes right. outside of hospitals when you're recovering from a virus. Now you're, like, an Olympian. This is awesome. So let me take some calls because I'm just rambling at this point. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? It's uh, Pedro. Hey, Pedro, what's up? Not too much. You're talking about, like, trying to reconnect with people you haven't talked to in a while? Yeah. Do you, like, speak to them at all in, over the years or no? 
Yes, I have, but very infrequently. And it's never weird when I reach out to them because I'll just say like, hey, I was looking at old Thailand albums, was thinking of you, like, what have you been up to? Let's chat. So it's not been like completely, complete radio silence for like 10 years. But, you know, I, I don't like just having a conversation every five years. That seems like I'm being a bad friend. Well, because, like, I have people that I knew back in college or back in high school and stuff. And some of the people in high school, you know, I've tried to reconnect with, and they are pretty much the same people that I grew up with, and they haven't changed. And, you know, like, you've done a lot of traveling. I did a lot of traveling. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different things. And it's – so now I'm kind of – you know, I'm 44, and I see people, oh, man, we should link up. I'm like, okay, great. Then I think about it, I'm like, Why? Right. What, mm-hmm. I mean, what these should be. Are you going to have to my life? I mean, these should be people you want to reach out to or reconnect with, and that's certainly not everybody from your past. But you know, they they probably have a lot of good memories of you. You know, in their peak when they were you know seventeen or something like that. But I understand also not like I don't want to really reach out to anybody from home that stayed home and never left or really did anything exciting with their life. Like, why would I? Same to you. And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just like, well, it's hard to relate. That's all. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like I knew people that that right out of high school got married and had kids and they're still within a mile or two of their house. And then there's some other people that we grew up and, you know, like I spent a year in the Caribbean in college and I've been around the country and over to England, Scotland and, you know, explored the world and, you know, all kinds of other crazy partying and whatnot. And they're just like, Oh yeah, that's what, just what I've done. I, I, I stayed home. Like, what do we have to talk about? I mean, okay, great. Your kids are almost grown, but yeah. what have you done? I, I don't know. Yeah. And there's nothing know, I, I guess, wrong with that. It's just, it's hard to, it's just hard to relate, I guess. Yeah. 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 But I, I feel the same way. I don't, I, I have zero contacts of being back home. And my dad couldn't couldn't be happier. He loves that because every time I would go home to San Diego, when I first moved away, I was constantly, I'd come home and I'd be running around with all my friends. And then it was just like a few less friends, a few less friends. And now it's zero. And my dad is thrilled. You barely saw your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I I have no one there. But that's okay. It's like, I'm the same way. It's like, I, you know, I grew up on the East Coast of Florida and- you know, there's still people over there that I know, but I haven't talked to them in probably five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so now, now that mom's not there anymore and my dad's passed, it's like, well, what do I need to go back to full, to full Lauderdale for? It's like, F it. You know, yeah. I'm just like, no I, I didn't really, uh, there's a reason I left, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, fuck it. I don't want to go back. So. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. But you know, if you have these good memories of people that you actually would like to reach out to, you know, and, and I'm, I feel like a lot of people are guilty of this. You think about them and you're like, oh, man, I wonder how they're doing. And then you really don't take any action thereafter. But if you do, I mean, think about it. They probably have those same great memories of hanging out, being friends or whatnot. Like, shoot them a text or a message or something. Hey, what's up? They're going to be so stoked to hear from you. And then you can kind of do a little reminiscing. And it just makes you feel good thinking mm-hmm. about times that were good. And it's just, you know, why not? Even if it's just just that, even if it's just a few messages, like it still it still makes you feel good. It kind of switches up your day and makes you think yeah. about things and be grateful well, I, for your experiences. Like, the ones that I like is when uh, you know there was a couple <clears throat> chicks that were mean to me when I was young yeah. and in high school and stuff, and they were real bitches. Mm-hmm. And you know I've 
look, I actually look better as I've gotten older and oh, I stay nice. fit. And, you know, I see them and when they're like 250, 275 and they were, you know, just these twigs back in high school mm-hmm. and now like, oh, I want to see you. I'm like, ha, you fat cow. Who's the, you know, who's the little dork now and all this other crap they used to you say. Tell them that. Like, ha. I love doing that one. That one just is like, ha ha. Suck Blowing, my ass. Suck, <laughs> suck your ass. That That's good. That's good. I don't have anything uh, like that going on, but that can be very um, uh, rewarding, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. Anyway, well, hey, it was a great show today. I appreciate you guys. And tell Lummy that, you know, we love him, and he, he is knows. not replaceable. No, he knows. He knows. <laughs> Decap will be here You're on Sunday. Here what? Kiss my ass. You're replaceable, Blitz. Uh, oh, yeah, I am. As long as you guys don't want a show. <laughs> All right. See you later, Pedro. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. No, I mean, look, realistically, everyone's replaceable, but not, you know, we love Lummy. He's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. No, no way. Hello, who's this? Lomo, it's Florida Stanley. What's up, Florida Stanley? Hello. How are your hands? Hey, so, hey, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, the same as last time, but mm-hmm. um, it's funny that, that Pedro's on the phone right before me. Before I get into what I called about, I want to give a shout out to him. Uh, when I when I got out of the hospital and I was looking for a pressure washer, he just happened to be like in between jobs, and he reached out to me on Twitch and was like, "Hey man, it won't be permanent, but if you need help, I I can help you until um until you find somebody or I get another job." And he helped me for about a month. He kept my pressure washing division afloat because yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't find anybody. I went Bubba through two or three Unite. guys that didn't even show up on their first day. Nice and um. I don't know if maybe I called into the to the main show and said something, but then uh, God, Pedro yeah, heard about it and reached out to me, and and <laughs> he's local to me, so he he actually helped me out for about a month. Beautiful, I'm glad to hear um, that. So I want to I want to back up a little bit. So yeah. the open relationship thing. Yeah. Um, I got a I got a married uh, friends of mine. Um, they they were married for 15 years. They're no longer married, but it had nothing to do with their open relationship. Mm. Um, but their rule was. Um, if one of them was fucking somebody else, they had to send the spouse pictures of the act. I don't know if I explained that clearly. Is that like, um, like a sexual arousal like if the husband thing? Was, I don't know. Or I don't know. Like I couldn't, a... uh, there's no way I could do that. But if the husband was fucking like one of his side pieces, he had to send his wife pictures of the act and the, the vice versa. If the wife was fucking someone, you know, I mean, what if the other role? person didn't consent right. to that? Uh, then they didn't have sex with them. I asked. Mm. I asked her that because oh. I'm more friends with the wife than I am the husband. Yeah. And I asked her. I was like, "Well, what, I, I said that exact thing. I said, what if the other person didn't want pictures?'" And she said, "Then you don't get to fuck them. If you want to fuck them, they have to agree to pictures." Yeah, I mean, I've I've huh. heard, I've heard of that before. Is that more just like a you? I'm I'm keeping tabs on you, or is that like a a sexual like I want I you to do? I think it was a little bit of both. Hmm. Like, I don't, I, I'm not a hundred. I didn't, I didn't dive too far into it. I just thought it was interesting when she when she told me that. Yeah, but they, well, they mm-hmm. they're no longer married, but that had, it had nothing to do with the open part of it. Sure, he wanted yeah. um, he wanted kids, and she doesn't, and that's and ultimately what split them up. Hmm. Interesting. But, I mean, they they did it for 15 years yeah. with, with zero issues. Open so, relationships I mean, I guess, fascinate me because I feel like you're defying your biology, and I don't I don't know how you're pulling it off. So that's why I always ask my friend questions about it. Um, yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's all the information I had on her. Mm-hmm. I, I figured I'd give you a call and and let you. Well, thank you. Yeah, my friend. Yes, thank you but, very much um, for that. I right, love the show. All right, have a great weekend. Yeah, you gotta go. All yep, right, see ya.
Yeah, I don't I don't think I could do the uh the open relationship thing ever. That doesn't appeal oh, to man. me at all. I'm so sorry to um, Blitz to let to let you know that that would mm. probably not fly with me ever. Um like for me, and I know it's not for everybody, but like I don't wa- like people are gross. Yeah. Like you have to convince me that you're not gross mm-hmm. i'm afraid to touch not you but just but you people are. right yeah sea slug too many delta nines whatever but <laughs> i i'm i'm so like sex is gross like people are gross get that away from me that like and i also don't trust anybody i don't even think i have trust issues it's just like People will fuck you over. I don't want to feel like I'm used. Like, I have to be in such a calm, trusting state of mind to do anything intimate with somebody that, like, me having a one-night stay, that's, a, that's like skydiving. Like, that's not fun for me. That's not a thrill. That's mm-hmm. not anything. I understand the male psychology is a little bit different. My friend did say something interesting to me yesterday about open relationships. And when it actually started when she told me that she wanted to move again and go different places, she said she understands, you know, she has kids, so she can't just fuck off and mm-hmm. do whatever, you know, as she did before. But she just goes on. I just want to experience everything. She's like, I just, you know, we're on this earth for just a blip amount of time. And I get that. And she's like, I want to go see these places. I want to go live here. I want to meet these people. I want to fucking do everything. And she kind of, you know, wove in. And that mm-hmm. includes sexual experiences that I, you know, I want to experience other men. I want to experience you know, uh, the, the interactions with other men and what they look like with their clothes off. And that, like she just went into all these details and I go, OK, yeah, I get that. But also it's that euphoric versus distressing type of, oh. you know, excitement where I'm like, oh, that stressed me out. Yeah. I mean, nope. there's there's no question. Like there are some positives to an open relationship. Do they outweigh the negatives? I don't think so. But yeah. like. There, no. I'm not saying it's all negative. I just not for me. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if somebody else wants to do it. Like that's. I'm not saying Absolutely. don't do it. Yeah, I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah, there's no moral objection. It's just no, like the amount of mental gymnastics that like I would need to go and try to like mantra myself into thinking that I was mm-hmm. okay with something when I wasn't. And maybe some people would be like, "Well, Anna, you're just like insecure." Yeah, yeah, probably. Right. Right. Yes, I am. Of course. You compare yourself to the, yes, I'm a human being with a brain. And it's it's like, these are like deeply ingrained biological, psychological mechanisms in place to prevent what you think you've evolved yourself out of, which, mm-hmm. and if you ever talk to like swingers or people who are in the lifestyle, that's kind of what they always say is like, you know, biologically or like more evolved. Like they think that they've like, they're more evolved than other people. And you're just like. Uh, no, you're numbing yourself in some capacity. Yeah. Because even, Which you know fine. why? Because even you have rules. Because even you say, this is where I draw the line where suddenly now I'm in uncomfortable zone. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't trust them. I don't try. I'm like, what's the angle here? Right. I don't, I don't get it. But you know, some people have like a, a very, very, very high sex drive that maybe can't really be fulfilled by just one person. I know a lot with men mostly with men is like not so much with women probably some degree of it but with women with super high sex drives but mostly not is like men need the aspect of novelty and i understand that from a biological standpoint but you know and i've i've always said this because i listen to a lot of the manosphere stuff Mm -hmm. and they always talk about like 
Like I, I listen to this one podcast now recently called, I think it's called like F- Fresh and Fit or Fit and Fresh or whatever. It's these two dudes and they bring on a bunch of hot chicks that are kind of ghetto and then they ask them questions about dating and biology and they're they're all they're, all the women are renaissance like they have no, no one there has a brain okay and their nails must be this long and i'm this oh. is about three inch three to six inch nails so they're all just like ghetto fabulous and and white black asian like yeah, all yeah. everything they have a nice array they have a very much a uh, community college uh, brochure at the table every single time they do a show and they talk they try to bring a lot of biology of white their whole thing is like it's okay for men to cheat it's not okay for women to cheat which should in which would enrage right a lot of people and it it often enrages the women which is fun to see mm-hmm. but their whole reasoning is that you know men are biologically wired to be a certain way and women are biologically wired to be a certain way but my my uh criticism of that is like okay that you could also make the argument that men are also wired to rape and kill. Is that okay? Like, you know, yeah. so, which is true because in much of human history, if men weren't able to get laid by persuading a woman to have sex with him, he would just rape her, club her over the head or whatever, drag also her back into the cave. Also known as what? A good time. The good old days. The good old days. Yeah. Right. Yes. Of course. Thank you. Um... So it, I feel like a lot of times what people try to do is they they say, you know, they don't make the distinction between what is and what ought to be. So they go, well, your biology is this way. Therefore, it should be this way. It's like, well, mm-hmm. not necessarily. I understand where you might have like an inclination to want many partners or cheat or do whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it ought to be. Sure. So I feel like that's kind of, an, but all, again, these women that they bring on, it, they purposely bring on women that are have j- uh, enormous jugs and have an IQ less than 90. Like, that's the requirement. The perfect woman? Yes. Okay, Exactly. Yes. And it's so funny because they can't defend themselves because the renaissance. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, I'm like, say this! Like, it's the perfect retort. Yeah, yeah. But they're dumb, and so... They are always losing the arguments, mm-hmm. and so the guys just go, "See, we're right. You don't know what you're saying, but they're they're it's they're stupid. Right. You can't." And the audience is like, "Oh, these guys are so smart, right?" So it, it's so fun, and they do this in every single show. These their only fans, their lips and their tits are the same size, okay. and they have the big nails, and they do the clickety clack on the phone, and they're they're so stupid. And I'm like, "Say, say, this is a perfect." This is a perfect retort, and they miss it every time, mm-hmm. and the guys win the argument every time. And it just in, infuriates me, not because I'm a feminist, but because, because they're, they're so right. stupid. Oh. And they're right. Sometimes they make good points, and you just got to go, well, that is a, that's a solid point. Sure. But also, the women have an IQ of six, so it's, it's just it's annoying. But again, um, oh, it is noon, so let's wrap this baby up. Blitz, I want to thank you um, for everything you do here. Absolutely. And all of uh, the food that you make and buy me. I appreciate you. There'll be more of that this weekend. Beautiful. Everyone. Stir fried tonight. Hell to the yes. This is, uh, I, I'm sure you would agree, this is like the royalty-free version of Dream Theater. Yes, I love Dream Theater, which is a band. Uh, not as good as Michael McDonald, though. We'll be listening to that this weekend. Great. Can't wait.
Have a great weekend, everyone. We will see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern. Don't drink too much or do. Drive safely. And we'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Goodbye.